Corinthians 4, verse 16. Just one verse here, and then we're going to look at the context here in a bit. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 says, For which cause we faint not. Don't give up. We're going to talk about that cause. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. God bless you. You can be seated. Last week, I don't know how many of you remember, we talked a bit about how we can have in our life a duality. That there is sometimes more than just one thing going on in one direction. Praise God. We talked about how sometimes our feelings are taking us one way. But what we know we ought to do, what we have to do maybe, is go in a different direction. And, and how our feelings are, are important to us and valuable in so many ways. But... Uh, when the time comes to get up in the morning to go to work and your feelings are saying, you know, this bed feels so comfortable. Sometimes you have to deny yourself and take up a cross and, and go in the right direction. Isn't that right? Our feelings are a blessing. I wouldn't want to just not have any, but they are so often, they are a, a, uh, a challenge to us to do what we have to do, to do what we know to do. And uh, that's part of growing up. That's part of being mature in, in, in God sometimes. And we have to have strength from God to, to be able to continue to do right when it's uncomfortable. To make a choice to do what we know is God's will on the basis of faith that says, this is right and so it's going to work out better for me. Sometimes long-term results are better than short-term pleasure. We kind of see another uh, indication of duality here in this scripture. We see last week we talked about uh, spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And the will and the emotions that sometimes can be at odds today. We see this verse and it talks about the outward man and the inward man. Sometimes we recognize that maybe even today, and I'm not trying to criticize, but sometimes what's going on on the outside is, is a very poor indicator of everything that's going on inside. I'm thankful for a God that, that gets to the heart. Salvation, uh, how God gets a hold of us and changes us and, and he, he, he goes down inside. Gets down into the, the heart and gets down into we read about it, I think maybe it was even last week in the book of Hebrews talks about how the word of God being uh, two edged sword sharp and alive and it gets down to the the uh, the intentions and the thoughts of the heart. Because what you see isn't always what you get. Our desire, especially as Christians, is uh, a wholeness, uh, uh, an ability to say, hey, what I am is and who I am is consistent and everywhere, but, but sometimes there's things going on, even in the most uh, godly person, maybe struggles and battles and, and, and trials that, that they're not willing to just throw out there and put on their sleeve. The Bible talks about how God 
gets down into our hearts. He cleanses us with his with his blood. He 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 makes a difference because of Calvary, because of his death on the cross. He deals with the root of the matter. See, the Old Testament really is just a lesson. The Bible says a school teacher, a schoolmaster that teaches us that even though we may be given a really good set of rules, there's a lot of good things. On, and I'm not saying it's not good to talk about the Ten Commandments, but just because we've got commandments that are good and right and handed down on a mountain from God to the prophet doesn't mean we have the ability to uphold those commandments. You know, when Jesus came, he talked, started talking about the commandments in, in the Sermon on the Mount. And he said, well, you know, you are quick to say thou shalt not kill. But, but is there hatred? Is there anger without cause in your heart against your brother? Uh, what's going on down inside? And see, the point was, hey, it's got to be the inward man that's clean. He goes on and talks about adultery and, and faithfulness and says it's more than just what's on the outside. What's going on on the inside of you? It deals with lust. God cleanses us, and the exciting thing about it is that he, 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 he not only forgives us and washes away the guilt, but then he puts his spirit inside of us, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The, uh, that cleansing, that purifying, that affects not only starts on the inside, but affects every area of our lives. Jesus said that the Pharisees were good at making the outside clean. Jesus started talking about getting down to the heart of the matter. But he said in Matthew 23, if you cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, the outside of them may also be clean. So God is not just the God of the inside, but he's a God that will take care of every bit of us. That when we give ourselves to him and turn from our sins and repentance, every part of our lives, not just what he sees, but what everybody sees is going to be under his uh, uh, lordship. And he's going to just make everything good. First Corinthians six says, what know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. Which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So God, when he cleanses you and moves in, he now enables us, empowers us to live a clean life, to live a godly life, to live a life that's more about honoring him, which is going to be better for all of us anyway. Inside and outside, in our body and in our spirit, which are God's. But we can't do that with just a set of rules. We can't do that with just a, an understanding of what's right and wrong. I can preach to you. I can tell you what the Bible says about sin and uh, about holiness and how sin is going to going to separate you from God. Sin is going to cause you problems and you're going to, you're not going to be, have the, the abundant life that God wants. But if you follow him and live for him, there's blessings and there's, there's a, a good life in him. But you need the strength to do that. You can't cleanse yourself. You can't have the strength yourself. So God, through his, his death on the cross, through that 
that salvation that, that he has provided for us, that payment for sin. He washes us. He pays our debt. And he moves in. A lot of folks, you can't understate. You can't, you can't just get too excited about how great Calvary was and what Jesus did for us. But don't forget Matthew 3, verse 11. John, who came and was really trying to bridge a gap from an Old Testament and point to Jesus who would fulfill that. John in Matthew 3, 11 says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. This is really the call of every preacher, and he's not saying that water baptism is not important. It certainly is, and you'll see it going forward from here. Even Jesus is baptized, and you'll see it on after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. The book of Acts starts out baptizing a whole bunch of them there in Acts, the second chapter, in the name of Jesus Christ. So, He's not saying that water baptism is unimportant, but he's saying, hey, let me tell you, I can only preach to you and I can only tell you the truth and I can I can uh, obey God in water baptism. But Jesus is coming and he's going to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is really the point of cleansing, the point of washing away a sin, the point of forgiveness is not only that God wants you walking around free from your guilt, but he wants to move in. That song we sang about no word like holy, it's uh, telling us that he is a clean God and he wants to live in a clean house. And so he cleanses that house, but his desire is to not just walk with us, but to be in us. So we said all that about this text here in 2 Corinthians 4, talking about the outward man and the inward man. The inward man, praise God, is renewed, it says, day by day. There's a need here. There's something going on here. There's a lot going on here. Because though you're a child of God, though you are loving God and doing all that you can to live for God, when you make a change and you say, you know what, I'm going to turn to God and I'm going to turn away from my will and turn and, and I want to do his will. But I need your strength, God. I need you to, to take away my guilt, to take away the, the want to of the sin and give me a want to to live for God. How many know God will give you a want to? And he'll, he'll give you his strength, his power, as we said, in that baptism of the Holy Ghost. You'll see that throughout the Word of God, how God just moves in and, and makes that change. But all that being said, we recognize that there is more to it than just, okay, now I've got a smile on my face, a spring in my step, I love Jesus, and everything is just going well. There's still a world to contend with. That doesn't change the fact that you've still got that boss. You've still got that, that neighbor. You've still got uh, maybe some of even the challenges you have in your own self. Amen. In fact, sometimes it may seem like things, uh, the battle seems to escalate. It may just be because you're noticing more. 
when you're kind of asleep to it all and not, it doesn't really matter, then what's the big deal anyway? But some people, if you're not careful, they get kind of, they have a misunderstanding and think just, well, now everything's going to be easy. Everything is going to just be fun and it's just joy and peace and love and, and, but, uh, but there is, uh, there's a world that we are still a part of. And, uh, if you back up from that and look at this context of, of Second Corinthians 4, he says, for this cause we faint not. Well, why would we faint? The word basically just means, it doesn't mean you just all of a sudden got startled and passed out. It's, it's, don't get weary to where you give up and you say, what's the use? Say, does that happen? Preacher, yeah, yeah, it happens a lot. And people that uh, maybe it hasn't happened to doesn't mean they haven't had a chance to. So what is the deal? Well, verse 7, I think we read this fairly regularly in this church. We have this treasure. That's salvation. That's the, 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 the gift of eternal life. That, that's that power of God in His Holy Ghost working in us. We've got that treasure but it's in an earthen vessel. We still have to contend with our own weakness. So, this inward man's got a treasure. But this outward man's got to deal with some things. The, now, let's look at it. We have this treasure in the earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side. That's ex- external. That's the outward man. You, did you think maybe because you became a Christian that, 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 that you would never have any trouble anymore? No, you still have trouble, but now you have the ability to deal with it in a way that is going to take you in a better direction. Has anybody ever seen a trial in their life that they, they, they wouldn't have chose that battle, they wouldn't have chose that valley, but that's just... Can I say the cards you were dealt? And because you just kept your eyes on God, because you didn't blow up and make a mess of things, when it was all said and done, you're better off. You've got some more strength. You've got some more faith and some things. You know what? God uses valleys. God uses fiery trials of our faith. Oh, I wish everybody could recognize that. But look, outsert, outward man, outside. That's outsert if you put that all together real fast. <laughs> It's a lot better than last week. But we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed. I don't understand everything that I want to understand, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Not everybody's going to be my friend. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of, a, of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Now, let me just bring this all together for you. When God moves in, when God cleanses our life, when God saves us, fills us with the power of His Holy Ghost, it, uh, it, He moves on the inward man and affects the outward man. He cleanses the inside. The outside's clean, too. Every part of our, our, our life ought to glorify God's spirit and body. And on and on we could... Uh, show you scriptures that God is the God of every bit of you. This idea that God just, he's down in my heart, you got to take my word for it and don't worry about it because only God, God only judges the heart. Well, the heart's going to affect your life. 
the heart's going to affect your, 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 your face. It's going to affect uh, your manners. It's going to affect your speech. The heart is going gonna, to start there, but it's, it's going to affect the outward man as well. But the outward man is really dealing with a lot. The outward man is dealing with all these troubles and perplexity, persecution, just life. The outward man, it says in 2 Corinthians 4.16, though our outward man perish. That's not a very positive statement. Dealing with things that cause us to wear down, cause us to weary, cause our strength to decay. Yeah. We're up against things that, that put pressure on us, that put stress on us. And as we go through life day by day, we've been cleansed, we've been filled but life wears on us. Pressures wear on us. Situations wear on us. And we perish. The outward man perishes, the Bible says. The outward man gets weak. Praise God. And it tells us that we ought not to faint, though our outward man perish. It tells us that these things are, are working on us. And we've got to be careful now, though when we were saved, that inward Filling, that cleansing, that blessing affects every area of our life and spills out even on others. But that outward man, when the outward man starts affecting the inward man, is the danger. When the outward man perisheth day by day and it starts to affect our faith, it starts to cause us to doubt. Hey, you remember a man named Thomas? One of the twelve? Everybody knows what they call him. He's got a nickname. Doubting Thomas, right? He's a doubter. But look what he was through. Look what he went through. He, he had in his mind, now it was a false expectation. He didn't recognize that Jesus had told him, it's going to all come down, but it's going to happen after a death, after a, a, a brutal crucifixion. And there'll be a resurrection. There'll be an outpouring. But you're going to have to go through some things to get there. And but somehow in their lack of understanding, that's the way we are. Sometimes we we set God up kind of in a way that we we know he's going to bless us, but we got it all picked out how he's going to bless us. And when he does things his way, we get disappointed. But like I said, hold on, because when it's all said and done, you're going to be so glad he did it his way. Jesus was making a way that. Just like he told Thomas and the rest of them, I'm with you, but I will be in you. I won't leave you comfortless, Thomas. I will come to you. And he's talking about the Holy Ghost. So they were saying, hey, it's uh, he's alive. He rose from the dead. Good news. Mary saw the tomb was empty. John and Peter ran over there and, and he's not there. And Thomas said, I don't know what you saw, but I can tell you what I saw. I watched them kill him. I watched the life slowly leave his body. I watched the blood pour out of his side. And he said, I'm glad you all have some faith. That's kind of a paraphrase, I guess. 
that MIV version, the Melvin International. He said, but I'll tell you what. If I can put my finger in those nail prints and I can thrust my hand into that spear hole in his side, then I'll believe. Because I saw them nail him to that cross. I saw them pierce his side. I saw that blood flow out of him and that water, and I saw his body hang limp on that cross. So I'll believe. Not too long after that, they're together, and Jesus appears in the room. And thank God Jesus doesn't walk up to him and say, Peter, you doubter. Or Thomas, yeah. <laughs> Thomas, you doubter. That's what we're going to call you. Everybody, hey, doubting Thomas right there. But Jesus walks up to him and says, Thomas, be not faithless and believe. Here's my hand. Here's my side. Have at it. There's times where nobody knows what you've seen or what you've been through. And that outward man is perishing. And you're dealing with that. And, and Thomas was a man that Jesus just met him right there. Met him right there in his weakness. And, and, and if, if you can be honest, there's times where doubts will affect you because of the pressures you're under. And, and, and different anxieties and, and, and even failure. To where someone like Peter said, I don't even know him. I've never been around him. I don't know what you're talking about. Because of the pressure the outward man was dealing with. Oh, I want to tell somebody today, just because others have have chosen to go their way, there's help for you. There's a way to overcome when that outward man is perishing day by day. Too many have come to that place where they're feeling it affect the inward man. They're feeling all that they're going through. And and I'll tell you, I'll get angry at anybody that just comes to somebody who's struggling, hurt, saying, "Ah, oh, don't worry about it. It's no." Can I tell you something? Praise the Lord. Oh, just have faith. It's not the right answer. Sometimes people's battles, people's trials, that outward battle of persecution or perplexity or troubles, it's maybe more than you know. But they know it, and it's affecting the inward man. The Bible tells us, though we, though our outward man perish, here's the answer. The inward man has to be renewed day by day. You've got to be able to recognize, hey, I'm fighting this fight. I'm dealing with pain. I'm dealing with heartache. I'm dealing with trouble. That is, it's, it's. Honestly, unbearable. Hello? But there's a place to go. Don't, don't get away from God. Be renewed in God. Be renewed in God. The answer is that inward renewing. That answer is getting your strength renewed day by day. No, it's not always the easiest thing to do. And when you feel, and we talked about that feeling last week, sometimes you feel like giving up. Sometimes you feel like going back. Sometimes you feel like what's the use. You don't feel like praying. You don't feel like getting to church. You don't feel like, like, like getting into the word of the Lord. 
Do you ever meet somebody maybe dealing with depression? They say they, they, they're just say, come on, you got to eat something. Come on, you got to turn on some lights. Come on, you got to, you got to move. You're slowly killing yourself. That's what happens spiritually sometimes with people. You got to make a choice, make a decision, and recognize this is a battle, and there's a way to win the battle, and that's a daily, a regular renewing of our strength. Titus, the third chapter, Titus three. Again, talks about this great salvation that we have. Talks about how God takes us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And look at how he brings it across here. In Titus 3, verse 4. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration... And renewing of the Holy Ghost. The idea of washing. The idea of, uh, of recognizing that we need to, to look at ourselves. That we need to be able to, to recognize where we are being attacked and wore down and, and get strength again. It, Talks about that washing of regeneration, but also that renewing of the Holy Ghost. Just because I took a shower this morning doesn't mean I might not have to wash my hands later. Isn't that right? In the Bible, we're going to get to this in a while, but in the Bible, there was, uh, you know, they walked in sandals. So it was in their culture that when you come into the house, they would, you know, you'd be, they walked those dusty roads, those dirty roads, and they recognize that some of that in your travel would try to get on you. So they would have someone wash their feet. That doesn't mean, they said, dude, you never, never take a bath, you know, at least get your feet clean before you come into my house. No, the idea was, I trust that you're a clean person, but you've been traveling in this dirty world, and and you're dragging things in with you, we're going to take care of that. You didn't try that. You're not purposely jumping in mud puddles like our children would sometimes. Not looking for every bit of dirt, to, but it clings to you. Just trying to get from A to B. Amen. So there is a washing of regeneration, but there's also this renewing in the Holy Ghost. We see that in the Old Testament, the priesthood, when they would come to uh, serve God, there was a an initial baptism. It was called a mikvah. And they would immerse themselves in the, uh, the water there in the brazen laver. There was a big old water bath right before the, the, the door to the tabernacle or to the temple. And they would do a complete cleansing when they began their service at the beginning of their ministry. But then that place of washing was also a place that now... They had that initial washing of regeneration, if you will. It was just a type and a shadow of that. But now, after their initial coming into the priesthood and that initial cleansing, there was a daily washing of their hands and feet. Just to signify that I am his and I have been cleansed and I do belong to him. But, but there's an effect the outward man has and the outward influence of an outward world on my inward faith and my inward heart. So before you come in, 
and offer sacrifices and pray, we're going to have you wash your hands and feet just to say, you know what, I recognize that over the period of my day and my night, things that are impressed upon me, I can pick up some, some things I'm not excited about. And I don't want that to affect my dedication to God. So there is a renewing, a renewing. James, the first chapter, James 1. The outward, when the outward man starts to affect, the outward pressures, the outward battles start to affect the inward man. You have to keep on top of that. Time with God throughout the day that is sincere and honest. When your feelings tell you, well, just read through this and mark it as done like a chore. Sometimes you have to ask yourself like you ask a young child, did you did you wash your hands? Yeah. Okay, did you turn the water on? Yes. Did you put your hands under the water after you turned it on? Well, did you use soap? Or did you just follow the letter of the law? Right? Sometimes we say, well, did you pray? Sure, I prayed. Did you talk to God? Well, did you, did you really pray? Did you read your Bible? Well, yeah. D- did you really spend time with God's Word? Did you think about it? How about church? Church is a place where there needs to be an atmosphere of cleansing, an atmosphere of washing. Whether it's the worship or the Word of God, there needs to be that ability to say, you know what, I'm not just going through the motions, a routine, a ritual. James 1, verse 23 says, For if any be a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. What's he talking about? Talking about looking into a looking glass, looking into a mirror. And that's what preaching needs to be. That's why a lot of folks say like that, that, that feel good atmosphere, that just tell me what I want to hear. Tell me, tell me I'm, I, I don't have anything on me. Tell me, you know, here, check, see if I have any salad in my teeth. Oh, you look great. Now, what kind of person would tell you you look great and send you out there with a big old piece of a lettuce between your front teeth? Somebody that's afraid of hurting your feelings. Somebody that's afraid. Can I tell you, the Bible says when we look into the Bible, it's like looking into a mirror. And we've got to, we got to look and be honest with ourselves. I, I need that, that outward man is, is affecting the inward. And I need renewed. I need strength. When we come to the Word of God, we come to the house of God, it's a place where we can be renewed, a place where we can be honest, a place where we can say it's I'm not here to justify myself. I'm not here to prove anything to anybody else and that I'm, I just want I want my strength renewed. I want my I want help. We come initially through repentance, baptism in his name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That is that is our uh, initial cleansing, initial filling, our, our initial washing. But then we need. To be renewed day by day. So important. 
so important that we have the strength to be renewed, our strength renewed day by day. One more scripture, though, in John. In John 13. Talking about the reality of our walk with God being that we all face troubles and pressures and that that wear on us. We all face daily battles and that affect our faith, affect our closeness to God, and how we need that renewing. We need to to sometimes just readjust and refocus and rededicate. What a life of God is, just coming back to the house of God, coming back to a place of, of devotion to God and saying, I need When I talk to somebody who's been struggling and battling and, and their faith is just wearing so thin and, and, and every crazy thought of giving up and going back to everything God brought them out of, everything God delivered them from, all the, all the things that were so negative in their life that they're crying out to God, please help me. And now they're looking back like the children of Israel looking at Egypt saying, you know what, maybe I had it better back there. And say, when was the last time you really had a renewing in God? You know, I probably should do that. What? Probably should have. This should be your practice. Dead, empty, or totally absent prayer. Routine worship and just going through the motions of church, maybe, is a definite way to just start building up the dirt and the, the debris of, of what weighs us down. But if you can be on top of that and say, God, I, I, I know, I already know the nature of this and the nature of my own battles that they wear me down. They work against me. God, you're good. God, you've been good. You know how to save me and you know how to keep me. But, Lord, I, I can't neglect. The Bible says, how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? If we just go on our way and go through this life, the, the battles are going to begin to pile up. John, the 13th chapter, talks about Jesus Washing the feet of his disciples. We already talked about that practice of foot washing. A lot of times it was someone there who was the help at the house, the servant there that would wash their feet. And It says, so after he washed their feet, Jesus now takes on the form or the place of that servant and washes their feet. And after he's done, take, had taken his garments and was set down again, he said, I know you not. Know you what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that sent, is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. In the, it's been several, several years since we've had a 
foot washing service with our communion service. We've done it many times over the years, but not for a while. But I really feel like sometimes that idea we try to teach about it, it's missed. The idea of what's really happening here sometimes escapes people. Because it really is in the context of what we've been preaching. Now, you recognize, I've preached to you today about how you need renewed. You need to, you need to recognize that the pressures that you're under, your outward man will affect the inward man if you don't continually renew your strength day by day. But in knowing that, let me just take a few minutes in closing here to remind you that if I'm preaching to you, that means I'm preaching to the one across the aisle and in front and behind you as well. And Jesus said, we ought to help one another and wash one another's feet. What, what does he mean by that? It, it's more than just saying, hey, I'll help you when I can. But it's recognizing, hey, this life sometimes we're dragging things around that we really aren't excited about and it's affecting us. And we need to be helping one another make it. Helping one another get renewed. My responsibility in church is not only that I get a renewing, but I want to help somebody else get clean too. I want to see somebody else that, that maybe they had an experience. Maybe they have a faith, but you know what? They, they're not just at the mountaintop right now. They're not at the peak of their faith right now. They've been going through some things, and I don't want to discourage them. I want to help them get clean. I want to help them get that build up. Are you hearing me? That when we have the heart of ministry, have the heart of seeing somebody and saying, hey, that's not necessarily where they need to be, but I want to help them get where they should be. The Bible says, happy are you when you do these things. We, there is a there's a joy, there's a, there's a fulfillment in recognizing it's not just all about me. But how can I help somebody who's battling? How can I help somebody who's burdened? How can I help somebody get back up? To see that my neighbor might have something that needs cleaned off their feet. And I want to I help them too. Listen to me, church. When we have this kind of attitude one towards another, to recognize how this world, especially in these days, especially with all the, the, the trouble that is around us and all the things that weigh us down and people that we see, I, I quote it, just seems like almost every service the Bible talks about end times and talks about because sin doth abound, the love of many waxes cold. And we see cruelty, we see heartache, we see hurt so much. And, and it's devastating. And that trouble from the outside Understand, it's, it's working on the inside. It's working to bring that weariness. So you need that renewing. You need that, that refreshing. You need that strength. That, and, and put your heart into it every chance you get. But recognize as well, God, God, when I know I've got that, I want to help somebody else. It's one of the beauties about being faithful to church. I don't try to tell people a lot of times, well, you know, you, you need this. But, but you're going to help others. You're going to bless. If you do this right, you're going to help others get strength. You're going to help others be renewed. You're going to help others get clean and get back on their feet and get the strength they need 
to overcome. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Said there's we got this treasure in earthen vessels. But God is our strength. God is there to renew our strength day by day. The Bible talks about they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. I want somebody to hear me right now and know that it's not some strange thing. When you're going through the battles of this life and you feel it wearing on you. Don't ignore that. Don't act like that's something that is unimportant. But realize there's times you need to come into the presence of God and have your strength renewed. I don't know how many times as a as a pastor even or somebody in the church who's a got a heart to do more and more for the kingdom of God. That's good, that's right, but recognize your need for renewing. Recognize your need for strength. I feel like too many times people have been made to feel like something's wrong. Like they're weak or they're somehow don't have the faith they're supposed to have because they can't just keep going and going and going thinking about other people, thinking about the church, thinking about souls and realize they're missing something personally in them. Their strength is worn down. Listen, that's the Bible is very clear. There's a renewing that's needed. There's a a reviving, a rededicating. So many different ways in the Bible it's brought to us that when the outward man perishes, don't faint, but get renewed in the Spirit of God. Get renewed in His presence. Draw near to Him, and He'll draw near to you. Can we find a place to pray? Oh, I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. by the troubles of the outward. They allow it. They just let it pull them away from the things of God. Rather than drawing near to God and getting the help that they need from the people that God has put around them, sometimes they just push them away. 
God's got strength for you and God's got help. God's got a way for you to be renewed in your strength and have your faith built up. Sometimes we're in situations that just bombard our minds and bombard our our spirit. Pray, God, help us be renewed. I still remember the words of the Apostle Paul, a man so instrumental in being used to, in a very difficult time of persecution and trouble. But I said, he said, I. I want to be so careful in so many words that lest I preach to others, I myself become a castaway. Doing right things and doing what seems to be just the will of God, but not being renewed in that inward man. David said, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me. Renew me, God. Renew that inward man. Rushed prayer time. Distracted church time. Won't give you what you need to face a world of trouble. But if you'll reach out to God... You'll make time for God. He's going to give you the strength you need day by day. But just like your daily bread, you can't just go on one meal for a week at a time. You're going to have to get fed and get renewed in that strength day by day. And that's what God will do for you. There's help for you. There's strength for you. Don't neglect it. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. We love you. Lord, we love you. We praise your wonderful name. Hallelujah. Lord, just draw us into your strength. Draw us into your help day by day, Lord. In these last days, these perilous times, God, we need your strength more than ever. Let's all stand. Oh, God, you're so good. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Brother Mike, would you dismiss us in prayer, please? Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Pray for the service tonight.